Welcome back to another episode of Into the Airbnb, where we talk with Airbnb hosts about their short-term rental experience. Today's guest is Lauren Keane, based in the west coast of Florida, who manages eight listings in three different units. Join us to hear about her journey from acquiring our properties, how she manages them, and also some useful insights from her area. This episode is sponsored by Airbnb the only one analytics dashboard for short-term rental investors and managers, where you can find precise Airbnb data such as occupancy rate, revenue, average daily rate, and so on. So, without further ado, let's get into it. So, can you tell us how did you get started on Airbnb? My husband and I were looking to house hack, which is when you buy a property where you can live in part of it and rent the rest of it out. So a very obvious example of this would be if you bought a duplex, lived in one side and rented the other side out. And the reason for doing this is to basically cut down on your living expenses, right? Have a property where it pays some of its own mortgage. And we found a bed and breakfast, a true bed and breakfast where a woman owned it and she lived there and she had guests and she would cook and clean and things like that. And it was for sale and it had two cottages in the back and a mobile home. And so we decided to buy it and live in the house. And because it had already been a bed and breakfast, it had favorable zoning. And also the cottages didn't have like one of them didn't have a kitchen at all. And neither one of them had washers and dryers. So because of that, we felt like they would make better short-term rentals than long-term rentals. It's also in a tourist town here in Florida. And so we bought this bed and breakfast to renovate it. We lived in the cottages. And then after six months when everything was renovated, we moved into the house and started renting the cottages. So we started out to just have a rental on our property. It just kind of one thing led to another and it ended up being short-term rentals instead of long-term rentals. Oh, and how was your experience renting, you know, a place where you lived really near to? It's been good. It was really helpful, especially the first few months while we were learning. So I mm -hmm. could talk to the cleaners during the day when they were there cleaning, we could keep a really quick, uh, close eye on supplies and order things and restock things before we got things up to speed. And so it was actually really helpful. And you told me you right now own about eight listings and also manage them. How, how was the process to acquire all the other seven listings? Yeah. So we traded out that mobile home that I mentioned earlier for a camper. And also now we rent out the main house when we're gone. So there's four of the eight listings right there. We bought another property about six months after we started and it's a duplex and we made half of it a short-term rental and half of it a long-term rental. And so sometimes we stay there if our house rents out. So that was listing number five. And then a few months later than that, so late 2021, December, 2021, we bought a six unit apartment building and used three of those units for short-term rentals and left three of those as long-term rentals. So those are the other three. Oh, that's great. And what about your zone? How are the last there? Is there easy or hard to make short-term rentals around there? It's 
It's a little bit hard because with Florida, there's not kind of one overarching rule about short-term rentals, but we have found places where they are legal and that helps us to operate them. And we don't have a ton of vacancy because a lot of people want to come to Florida, especially in the winter. Obviously it's a little bit seasonal for that reason, but it hasn't been that hard because we took what we learned in the first six months or so before we bought that second property and really added a lot of systems and processes in place. So it's probably 15 to 30 minutes a day that we spend managing the properties and we still are able to keep our full-time jobs for right now. Oh my, that's great. I didn't expect that because usually when, you know, hosts run a lot of listings, they have to give up their normal jobs just for managing. It's mm -hmm. eight listings, but it's only mm -hmm. three properties. So I think that makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, that's right. And do you manage all for yourself? Yes. Oh, I see. And what about cleaning crew, maintenance? Yes. So my husband is very handy mm -hmm. and two of our properties are very close together. They're within 20 minutes and that's where we spend most of our time. So if, if there's an issue in terms of maintenance or um, kind of a repair, he can easily handle those things. Uh, we obviously have people in place as well for that. At another one of our properties, the six unit, my uncle lives in the same County and he is a handyman by trade. So he can go over there for us if things break when we're not there. And then in terms of cleaning, we don't clean. I have never cleaned one of them myself. We have a fantastic cleaner and she manages kind of a team under her and then manages them for all eight of the listings. Well, that's great. And now I'd like to talk about the area you're hosting in. You told me it was the West Coast of Florida, right? Yes. What is the seasonality like in this area? So with Florida, obviously our winters are mild to almost non-existent. So January, February, and March are very busy for us. April, May, June, and July are also fairly busy. Uh, April and May, just because uh, the weather is still pretty good. And then in the summer, I think kids are out of school. So people want to come to Florida. We're a little bit slower in August and September and October And then a little bit kind of start to speed up again in November, December, kind of because of holidays and things like that. So it's a little bit seasonal for sure. Uh-huh. And how is your average occupancy rate in the high season versus the low season? During the high season, like the first three months were probably 90% occupied, very occupied. And then in the low season, it's probably closer to 50%. Um, can you tell me about the kind of demographics you get for your listings? Our listings vary quite a bit. In, um, in the six-unit apartment building that I mentioned, they're all two-bedroom mm -hmm. units. And one of those units has bunk beds. So we just kind of naturally get families there, it seems like. Also couples, couples and families. Um, in our other listings, the two cottages and the camper, it's usually just couples We get a lot of older couples that are retired and, and traveling. We get quite a few people lately who are driving. They're driving across the state or they're driving across the country and they're going to just stop for a few days in one of these small tourist towns. I see. I see. And throughout the year, what is your pricing strategy? 
we use price labs to price for us. That's great. And before, you know, using the dynamic pricing solution, have you um, done the pricing by yourself? We did for about six months. We just, mm -hmm. we knew we wanted to price low because we wanted to have a lot of bookings and get a lot of reviews and have people rate the place very highly. Mm -hmm. So we did, we just looked at listings around us and figured kind of what our competition was and then priced a little bit lower than them at first. And then we got price apps about six or maybe eight months in. Yeah, I think the dynamic pricing solution is a great um, alternative as well. Mm -hmm. So um, in all those, in all these years being an Airbnb host, what have been your top challenges? The hardest thing was to automate everything, I think. When you start operating, we were operating on Airbnb and VRBO, and we couldn't take any direct bookings that way. And if you wanted to make a change to your price or your listing, you had to do them in both. And all of the messaging was in both. And, and that just became really cumbersome, even with just the three listings we had at the time. So getting a reservations platform and the pricing software and the automated locks and the QuickBooks accounting system and Stripe for processing payments, getting all of those, those systems in, in place was uh, really alleviated a lot of the burdens of management. And obviously cleaning is very important as well. This cleaner that I have right now that I love very much, she was the third cleaner that we've had. And we've been doing this about 16 months and She's doing a really great job and she looks at the property from a different perspective, right? From a very high level perspective, she can see mm -hmm. the property from the view of a guest and see the property of the view from an owner as well. Mm -hmm. I understand. And can you share us about what tools do you use to automate your listings? Because I think that would that'd be really useful to know. Mm -hmm. So we use owner res. Com. We use Price Labs. We use Schlag Encode Locks with Remote Lock integration to Owner Res. We use Stripe to process payments through VRBO bookings mm -hmm. and also through our own website. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we use to audit. We use a little bit of the automated messaging in Airbnb. Mostly everything is going to run through email, automated emails through the owner res platform. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you for sharing that with us. And do you have any experience with travel guests in the past? Not too many. We've had about 200 guests, two to 100 different bookings, I would say, in the wow. last 16 months. And not very many have been problematic. We had one party. And that was very recent. That was over a hundred guests in, probably 150 guests in. And, you know, some kids booked a house. I don't know if the parents booked it for, it for the kids and they knew that, or if the kids booked it and used their parents' name and ID and credit card. I, I really don't know, but mm -hmm. they booked it and they arrived at like five o'clock, but we had them removed by 11 o'clock and Airbnb was actually really supportive of that. We weren't, we weren't even in the state. We were out of town. And uh, they left and there wasn't too much damage or anything. So just really the one bad apple so far. Wow. So you have been very lucky. Um, I think um, I think some mm -hmm. of that is we have a security deposit and a renter's agreement that people sign. So I think generally if people are bad guests, they don't 
want to sign those things and they don't want to leave a security deposit. Is the security deposit also um, for short-term rentals? Yes. Yeah, it's oh, like a hundred between one hundred and two hundred fifty dollars, depending on the size mm -hmm. of the unit. Oh, and everyone who tried to book any of your listing have to pay that. They have to put a hold on their credit card. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Thank you for sharing that with us. Mm -hmm. And are there any tips that you'd like to share for other Airbnb hosts? My main tip is to know that while it's investing in real estate, it's also giving yourself a part-time job and mm -hmm. you're also putting yourself in the hospitality business. I didn't really, I mean, logically, I guess I knew all of that going in, but I don't know that I kind of explicitly ever thought about it. So just know that. And I, I would suggest like dipping your toe in maybe rent a room in your house or do rental arbitrage and get one unit or get one up one, maybe like a single family home where you might want to long-term rent it, but maybe try short-term renting it first. That would be my, I guess those would be my little nuggets for people who are interested in this space. Great. Thank you. And that'd be it for today. Thank you for your time. And thank you for sharing your experience with us. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Into the Airbnb. We're looking for hosts and other people in the short-term rental industry to interview. If you have what we need and would like to share your experience in this podcast, please send us an email. All the info is at the end of the description.